Love by Crimson Quill, narrated by Down in Flames. This story is rated M for mature audiences on hpfanfictalk.com and has no advisories. When you look in the mirror, do you like what you see? She stared blankly at the mirror, not really seeing herself. She was vaguely aware that she was wearing a dress that was too tight. He didn't think that was the reason she was feeling faint. She hadn't thought coming back for Christmas would be so difficult. She felt like she was going through the motions. It wasn't quite real. She left her heart at Hogwarts with him. She was not the perfect purebred. It hurt, failing at being the person she was meant to be. She was not Andromeda Black because she didn't know how to be that person yet. The only person who made her feel like she could figure it out was too far away. She could only have been described as Cygnus and Dorella's daughter. She knew that people wanted to meet her downstairs. It was only as she had grown older that she realized the reason for the attention. The idea turned her stomach. She let out a long breath. She could do it. She could do it. That's right, you can. You must, said a voice from the doorway. It was her mother. Her mother, the person whose purpose was to support and shape the adult she would be. She flushed red. She hadn't realized that she had been thinking aloud. She felt almost certain that her mother would disapprove of anything that suggested she had feelings. Some people said talking to yourself is the first sign of madness. She felt like she was descending into a mellow madness. She found herself walking further into the darkness, into a family whose motto was hate. It was not something she wanted, but you don't get a choice. You don't choose your family. She wasn't sure she had ever been in control of her destiny. Her heart ached. She missed him. Of course, mother, she said as the word fell from her lips, her lips twitching in what she hoped was a smile. It was a pathetic attempt. When you look in the mirror, do you like what you see? She didn't. She was expected downstairs soon, but she had something to do first. She went over to her desk. It was her favorite thing in her room. It was the only thing she felt any attachment to. She loved writing, but her mother didn't encourage the idea. Andromeda was often scolded for ink-stained hands. It was her little rebellion. She must not make any mistakes now. She could not spill one drop, otherwise her mother would know. Her mother would stop her. She felt alive as she put her quill into the dark ink. Dear Ted, I feel I have no choice but to lay everything on the line because I can no longer keep my heart in a box. I'm writing to ask if you still feel the same way about me. Do you still feel that fire in your belly and love in your heart that you told me you once did? I've been my parents' daughter for too long. I kept pushing you away because I was terrified that I didn't know who I was. Stuck in a world between two paths. I was confused. I knew that I was falling for you from that first day in the library, but I've held myself back as much as possible, but my thoughts are always consumed by you. I hate being a prisoner in my own life. I want to take it back. I want my life to be my own, and above all, I want you, because I love you. I hope I am not too late in my declaration. If you find that there is still a place in your heart for me, then write back. Dramada. She read through the letter again. She couldn't look back now, because she might not be brave enough. She removed her owl from her cage. Ari was patient as she tied the letter to his leg. Perhaps he knew that this was an important letter. Christmas Eve was probably the worst part of their Christmas traditions. Her parents invite their friends around, a chance to show off so all the purebloods could bask in each other's pureness. The evening largely consisted of trading stories about how perfect their children were and conspiracy theories about how the ministry was really too tolerant of those mudbloods. The heads of the families discussing their biggest business, making their ties stronger by dictating their children's future for them. Their high cheekbones, expensive robes, and smiles as fake as her own didn't fool her. They weren't good people. None of them. Their true motivation clear as day. A party as grand as this was a mask as her future was sold from under her. 
Andromeda, you must come over and meet Mr. Yaxley, her mother called over enthusiastically as her hand found Andromeda's upper arm and pulled her into a vice-like grip. Andromeda's vague thoughts of escaping left her mind as quickly as they had come. Oh, and of course, you know his son, Atticus. Oh, lovely to meet you, sir, she said sweetly to Mr. Yaxley, painting on her best fake smile onto her face, just like a good little pureblood. Wonderful to see you again, Atticus. Atticus was a tall boy. You might call him handsome if you were into the pureblood poster boy look. He was eyeing her with sparked interest. They knew each other. They were in the same house at Hogwarts. Andromeda knew that he was the one that her parents had chosen for her to marry. She got a bit of a thrill standing there, because Atticus knew she was not who she pretended to be. He knew her lips had kissed someone who was not pure. He could blow her cover at any point. It was a strange feeling. Shall we dance? Atticus said, as he held out his hand. She couldn't think of anything that she wished to do less, but she put her hand in his. They looked so perfect together, but it couldn't have felt more rotten. You know you'll have to stop seeing that mud blood when we are married, he said in her ear. She felt his breath. It felt too intimate, but his words were venom. I don't know what you're talking about, she said shortly. There was no point in denying it, but she didn't want to say any more. Watch your back, because I won't be disrespected, he said in a low voice. It was clear as day. The threat was issued. It chilled her to the core. By the end of the party, she felt like her face was broken. She didn't think she could force a smile now to save her life. It was a problem, considering forcing smiles is the very thing that kept her alive in this world. She would be happy just to sleep the rest of the Christmas holidays away, but it didn't seem that likely. The main event had arrived. Christmas Day. It was the perfect Christmas to an outsider. It is a shame that you couldn't buy Christmas cheer. Dorella Black had tried, though. It was so beautifully decorated and smells of Christmas lunch traveled around the house. If only the people in the house didn't feel like strangers. She gritted her teeth through present giving. It was a dull affair, but Bella and Sissy were spoiled with expensive gifts, but Andromeda did not receive anything like the gifts her sisters did. Andromeda had turned 17. She didn't need gifts anymore. The only thing on her mind was that Ted had not replied to her letter, but Ari was still gone. What had happened to her owl? Lunch was a strange affair. Andromeda tried not to speak or even make eye contact with her family as she ate. Her mother seemed to have other ideas, though. Isn't Atticus a lovely boy? She commented. Well, that was a leading question if there ever was one. She wasn't sure that she could get through this dinner without answering, though. He's fine, she replied. It was not the gushing reply that her mother had hoped for, but it was all Andromeda could manage right now. She took great interest in her potatoes instead, stabbing one with her fork. I think Andromeda might prefer someone else, came Bella's voice, sounding so innocent yet so smug. How did she know? She thought she had been careful, but if Atticus knew, then Bella might. She had been trying to avoid this blowing up in her face. She thought it might not be so bad now if Bella outed her secret. She was feeling more ready to go than she ever had. She didn't need to have loyalty to her family name. She could have a new beginning. What is she talking about? She said sharply. I don't know, Andromeda answered. She had wanted to admit everything, but something pulled her back slightly. He's a mudblood, too. It was the pure venom that her sister spoke with that scared Andromeda. She had always been scared of Bella and what she was capable of, but she knew never to show fear. It is quite something to be scared of someone that shared your blood. Blood, being family, you are marked as the same. Andromeda was worried by the hatred that her sister carried. Bella was only so young, but it burnt so fiercely inside of her. It was Andromeda's greatest worry that she would pass on to Sissy. She wanted to save Sissy. His name is Ted, and he is muggle-born. He is worth ten of all of you. There it was, bursting out of her. 
fire in her belly and love in her heart. She bolted. Come back here. She slammed her bedroom door shut. Her heart leapt a mile when she saw Ari had arrived back with a letter attached to his leg. Her fingers trembled as she tried to untie the letter. She felt panic-stricken at the idea as her mother banged at the door. She had torched her relationship with her family. What if she really had nowhere to go? She needed to firmly remind herself that anywhere would always be here. I'll blow the doors off the hinges if you don't open this door now. She needed to get out of here. There wasn't time to read the letter now. The door burst open. Her mother looked on the edge of madness. Her mother's dark hair had come loose from its immaculate bun. Andromeda gasped at her mother's fury. She had never seen the perfect Druella look like this. Andromeda had never stepped out of line, though. Get downstairs and finish your lunch now, her mother said in this deadly quiet voice. She didn't move. If you don't do it now, then it'll be the last thing you do. I'll lock you up and throw away the key if I have to. It was time to go. Her mother sensed it and lurched forward, trying to grab at her, but it was too late. Her heart slammed into her chest over and over as she gulped, willing the air back into her lungs. She could barely breathe, but she felt so alive, running on some wild adrenaline that she had never felt before. She had never felt like this before. She felt as if it was some other girl that screamed at her parents and ran away from home for a boy she loved. She hadn't run away purely for Ted. She had been unhappy for a long time, but it was him that became the fuel she needed to break the cycle. She seemed to realize only now that she was in a dimly lit village on Christmas Day without any real plan. Her plan had been to get away from that prison as quickly as possible, her mind consumed by thoughts of Ted. She pulled her cloak closer as she looked anxiously towards the door numbers. She hoped that she had arrived at the right place. She was only going on a conversation they had many months ago. She didn't want to open the letter yet. She was terrified about the contents. He lived at number 24. 18, 20, 22, 24. She froze suddenly, unsure if she could go in. She felt so nervous as she stared at the door. It looked like every other door in the row, but this one was special. She didn't know what it was going to lay ahead for her. Knocking at that door, it meant a different future. It was a door of possibilities. She was ready. She was sticking her heart on the line. She knocked on the door. She waited. Suddenly, the thought that Ted might not want to see her seemed too real. She could always leave now before he knew she had come. The door opened to reveal a plump lady with the biggest curly brown hair. Her face had a big smile as she looked at Andromeda. Hello, can I help you, dear? I'm here to see Ted, she managed to gasp out. If the woman was surprised, she didn't show it. Edward, you have a visitor. There he was. He was wearing that ugly orange and brown pattern jumper that she had told him never to wear again in old slippers. He didn't look surprised to see her, but she didn't give him time for more reaction as she found herself diving into his arms. Ted, I'm sorry to be here, but I, I, I just... He smiled warmly. Everything was going to be all right. He looked so perfect. Open the letter. Dramada. I've waited a long time for this letter. I'll love you until the end of time. Always yours, Ted. P.S. I'll even bend that jumper for you. She had never felt so happy. She had chosen to love the most soppy bloke in the whole world. Nothing compared to him. She felt a real smile appear on her face, the first real one since she had been home for the holidays. Come in, Ted said, with possibly a bigger smile on his face than her. He wrapped his arms around her. She was home. It turned out that Mr. and Mrs. Tonks couldn't have been happier to host her. 
They insisted that she must stay the night. It turned out Ted's Christmas Day involved eating Christmas dinner in the early evening, so she joined them for food. Mr. Tonks showed her how the television worked to Andromeda's delight, as she had only ever seen them in books. It reminded her how she first met Ted when she was lurking around the Muggle Studies section. She hadn't been allowed to take the subject, but she had always found it fascinating. It was a simply magical evening. When you look in the mirror, do you like what you see? She stared into the mirror as she got ready for bed. She was wearing a pink nightgown with huge orange flowers that was several sizes too large. It belonged to Ted's mother, who it turned out was a delight to be around. Andromeda barely knew what to do with such kindness. She hoped it was just the beginning. She knew not every day she would have this much happiness. A war was coming, and she had picked her side. She didn't know what was to come that was scary, but she was ready. Right now, she was full of turkey, stuffing, and pigs in a blanket. It had been a wonderful evening. Ted's home was just how she had imagined it to be, warm and happy. She felt like she was in a bubble. Ted's father had took great pride in teaching her how to use the record player in the evening. She had helped with the washing up the muggle way, and Ted had dried. He made the most ordinary tasks fun. Everything felt extraordinary with him. She used the sponge to remove the last of her makeup. She had spent the whole evening learning about muggles, so it felt right to not use magic to clear her face. She liked the coldness on her face. She looked less than perfect. In fact, she had never looked less perfect. Her mother would have a fit if she could see her now. She smiled to herself. Andromeda was the happiest that she had been. When you look in the mirror, do you like what you see? She did. She pulled her cloak closer as she looked anxiously towards the door numbers. She hoped that she had arrived at the right place. She was only going on a conversation they had many months ago. She didn't want to open the letter yet. She was terrified about the contents. She was terrified about the contents. He lived at number 24. 18, 20, 22, 24. She froze suddenly, unsure if she could... She froze suddenly, unsure if she could go in. She felt so nervous as she stared at the door. This... It looked like every other door in the row, but this one was special. She didn't know what it was going to lay ahead for her. Knocking at that door. It meant a different future. It was a door of possibilities. She was ready. She was sticking her heart on the line. She knocked on the door. She waited. Suddenly, the thought that Ted might not want to see her seemed too real. She could always leave now before he knew she had come. The door opened to reveal a plump lady with the biggest curly brown hair. Her face had a big smile as she looked at Andromeda. Hello, can I help you, dear? I'm here to see Ted, she managed to gasp out. If the woman was surprised, she didn't show it. Edward, you have a visitor. There he was. 
He was wearing that ugly orange and brown pattern jumper that she had told him never to wear again in old slippers. He didn't look surprised to see her, but she didn't give him time for more reaction as she found herself diving into his arms. Ted! <laughs> what the fresh fuck was that? Ted, I'm sorry to be here, but I, I, I just... He smiled warmly. Everything was going to be all right. He looked so perfect. Open the letter. Dramata. I've waited a long time for this letter. I'll love you until the end of time. Always yours, Ted. P.S. I'll even bend that jumper for you. She had never felt so happy. She had chosen to love the most soppy bloke in the whole world. Nothing compared to him. She felt a real smile appear on her face, the first real one since she had been home for the holidays. Come in, Ted said, with possibly a bigger smile on his face than her. He wrapped his arms around her. She was home. It turned out that Mr. and Mrs. Tonks couldn't have been happier to host her. They insisted that she must stay the night. They insisted that she must stay the night. It turned out Ted's Christmas Day involved eating Christmas dinner in the early evening, so she joined them for food. Mr. Tonks showed her how the television worked to Andromeda's delight, as she'd only ever seen them in books. It reminded her how she first met Ted when she was lurking around the Muggle Studies section. She hadn't been allowed to take the subject, but she had always found it fascinating. It was a simply magical evening. When you look in the mirror, do you like what you see? She stared into the mirror as she got ready for bed. She was wearing a pink nightgown with huge orange flowers that was several sizes too large. It belonged 